Happy Veterans Day, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it is Veterans Day, so I don't think this episode is going to be released on Veterans Day, but happy Veterans Day to all you veterans out there that listen. Go get your free shit. <laughs> get yourself a coffee or a, some Denny's. Some, yeah, some pancakes, IHOP. <laughs> Go yourself a Grand Slam. <laughs> I don't partake in any of those adventures. You should. You earned it. I got homework. You fought for our freedoms. You're an American hero. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so we recorded an episode today, which we don't typically do in the middle of the week. Um, tell them about our guest. We've got John on. John Doherty. We play music together. He is a pretty sweet guy. We talk about a lot of things. Military, music, Walmart. Conspiracies. We didn't talk enough about aliens. I always forget. we got to keep talking about more about aliens. Um, we definitely talked about Walmart. Yes, Walmart and starting a hiking group, which would be awesome. Yes. So, let's spread some words. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to this episode, you'll know what we're talking about. But we are planning on starting a little thing to raise some money for some veterans causes um we're gonna put together a hike local hike here in boise and we haven't worked out all the logistics yet but we will and we'd like you guys to be involved if you live in the area or even come to the area um we're yeah so we're looking to raise a little money we're going on a little hike and it'll be the mission prep veterans hike i guess is what we're gonna call it (laughs) yeah uh That'll probably won't be till spring. We'll see. Maybe we'll get it done before then. Depends on weather and things like that. But follow uh, our social media to find out more about that. And we'll talk about it more in here, I'm sure. Uh, at Mission Prep Podcast on Instagram. We have a Facebook. We have a Twitter. Um, yeah. So, also, if you're enjoying this podcast, tell somebody about it. Tell them to listen. Tell them how much they're missing out. On great things. And tell someone that you love them. Tell somebody that you love them. So anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, follow our social media. Tell somebody about the podcast. Like, subscribe, review on podcast platforms. And be a good person. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Well, I guess we're ready to get started. We're doing a special uh, Veterans Day podcast. Our guest today is John Doherty. He is a veteran. He served with the 82nd Airborne and, as an infantryman, of course, the best. Um, He's also what I would refer to as a savant on the guitar and music writer. That's really stupid. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Musician? Yeah, musician. I write music. Um, And me and him also play together in a side project um, away from his main project, Alpha Ascension. And here's John. Hi, John. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. It's going. It's out of here. Guitar was tuned on the wall. I'd just say, play it. But it's so out of tune. It would just be, hey there, Delilah. (laughs) That's probably a good thing. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> it, that wouldn't even matter. We talked about this before, but music live is so much better, you know, even if it was, Hey, they're Delilah. Just yeah. watching someone do their thing is pretty cool. Yeah, with with COVID and everything, you know how many people would kill just to hear "Hey There, Delilah" no, live at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. no, seriously, <laughs> um, sweet. So yeah, um, John, when um, when did you get? And I know we were in basically at the same time. I think we were in Afghanistan at the same time. Um, so when did you join up, and why did you join up? Um, I joined. My first day was April 16th, 2008. So I guess while back now, <laughs> um, I wanted the challenge. I was tired of working a nine to five job. Yeah. That's pretty much all it was. I always wondered what I could get through, what I could endure. And just wanted a good challenge. Yeah. That was my primary motivation. And secondarily, I wanted to just make a difference in the world, I guess. Kind of thing. Was that right out of high school? No, um, I worked some construction jobs doing drywall and painting two years out of high school. And then finally was working for Coca-Cola. <laughs> I just got really tired of it. My dad said, Hey, join the, join the military. And I think it was 45 days later I was in. Oh, wow. It was kind of a light bulb moment for me. Mm-hmm. It's really strange how yeah. it all, that whole, just how everything happened so fast. It's like, Lightning quick, I guess. Yeah. No, I same experience here. It was, I was like, shit. Like, I was always so curious about, like, I just wanted the challenge. Like, I wanted the drill start in my face, like, tell me I'm a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> and I was curious how I would respond to that. I was curious about it a lot. My curiosity makes me do stupid things, like join college at like 30 years old for a physics <laughs> program. Like, like, I wanted to, like, how would I react in a firefight? Who am I in that position? Who am I when things suck? Like, mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like, who am I? Yeah. 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 Just, it's, it's probably part of the quest for self-identity, you know, yeah. I suppose on some level. So yeah, we're, we're, we're really similar in that regard. Yeah. How long yeah. were you in? Uh, just shy of four years. Yeah. It was like 1,360 days or something like that. If you but, wanna... but who was counting? <laughs> <laughs> I was towards the end there. Jesus. Yeah. Was, yeah. How many tours did you do? Just one. Yeah. Just the one. Yeah. And that was in 2011 as well, right? 2009 to 10. Or 9 to 10. Yeah. 9 to 10. So the tail end of 9 leading into 10. Yeah. And so. I think, yeah. And 10 and 11 were like the two hottest years, I think. Yeah, at least for the Americans. I know the Canadians were in a lot of shit before that. Um, and they were basically leaving when we were going in in 2011. They were like, fuck this. Good luck. <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> Godspeed. Yeah. That, that was hey. in Afghanistan? Yeah. 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 The Canadians finally said, this is retarded, and uh, the U.S. can go drum up some more bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, no, so you were yeah, in 82nd, right? It's out in North Carolina? Yep. How was that? Big station there. Um, yeah, so the, the nearest town right next to Fort Bragg was called Fayetteville. Um, I went to the Walmart there one time. <laughs> I felt safer in Afghanistan than in that Walmart. <laughs> there are sketchy towns and then there's Fayetteville. It was, me and my buddies would always go to Raleigh or the coast just to avoid having to go to Fayetteville on weekends. Oh, uh, it, yeah. 
I think if you add Walmart into any situation, it makes it a little more sketchy. <laughs> yeah. Like, a little more terrifying. Yeah, like, Walmart at 2 a.m., you've had a couple beers, like... I swear, like, I don't think they're open 24 hours anymore, but they when they were, I always used to joke about, like, after 10 p.m., they should have, like, that circus music playing over the speakers. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> there's some weirdos in there at night. It's great. Yeah. It's good it's, people it's watching. awesome, yeah. <laughs> well, I know, like, my wife... She will not shop at Walmart. She gets like really bad anxiety just going in there. And it's, I think it's a combination of like the lighting yeah. and all the people and it's dirty. And I think that's where I, I haven't been to many Walmarts around the country, but I would imagine they're all, it's probably similar. a death cult. Yeah. yeah. Most likely it's a death cult. Yeah. That, that would yeah. make sense. I'm obsessed with Walmart. I think I have an actual medical condition. <laughs> it's, it's just the mere idea of it is so funny to me. Yeah, really. <laughs> but like stuff there is is cheaper and stuff, but I I'll pay the extra money and go to Albertsons or Costco or something. Tar- yeah, even Target. You know, Target. Yeah. yeah, Like I want someone who's like an anthropologist to go do a study on fucking Walmart. And the people <laughs> there, dude. <laughs> well, it's like the trashiest of the trashy people, and I don't know why that specific place attracts those people. Cheap, but just cheap shit. Yeah, and they can get stuff. At lower cost because they can order so much of it. You yeah, know what I mean, what if what if humanity progresses to a point in the future where you know we're super advanced and everything, understanding wise, and then people look back like they they recover fragments of a Walmart for yeah. lack of a better way of putting that, and they're all, why did humanity do this in the past? Like, what what is this shit right here, dude? Or it's like idiocracy. <laughs> or it's like yeah. you know one big mall and. What is it, like strip clubs or porn shops, whatever, in Starbucks? Yeah, we're, we're pretty much living in that movie the past couple of years. Seems like it. Is. Sure, sure, yeah. shit seems like it, yeah. Who knows, maybe, maybe things will change now that the elections are over, but we'll see. I hope so. It's what the plan is. I, I saw this thing yesterday, you know, because they just announced uh, that they've made, like, a lot of progression on the COVID vaccine. Like, did you see that? Yeah. It's, like, 90% effective or over 90% effective. Anyways, they just announced that, I think, yesterday. And have you seen that? You've seen the guy, the barstool sports guy that like breaks things down <clears throat> yeah. for the week. He's doing this one and he's, he starts talking about the vaccine. They've, they've made an advancement right after the presidential election and he's sitting there opening tinfoil and like making a little hat that he's talking <laughs> about right after the election. Yeah. And I was telling my wife, <clears throat> that's kind of funny because things like, yeah, presidential election just gets over. Now there's a vaccine. Like, that fuels conspiracy theory, people. Yeah, it does, for sure. Big time. Even if it's not a conspiracy, it it fuels them. Yeah. Yeah, no, seriously. Like, dude, I mean, one of the theories out there, like, if you go into, like, the Illuminati, the Freemasons, all that, that basically Trump's whole cabinet was these people that are trying to overthrow the status quo that's been going on for the last... What's been control? Like, think about when, when Reagan's speeches or John Kennedy's speeches about the military-industrial complex... And people are trying to control you and all this shit. You know, Kennedy gets fucking whacked. You know what I mean? Um, so they think it's all part of the same people. The same bloodline, in fact. They're like, it's the same bloodline, and they're all running the country, and they're doing their own thing, and they're all pedophiles. And that Trump's cabinet were the people that are actually trying to get rid of that whole system. Mm. You know, trying to make him look like... They still said Trump was like a puppet, but the people behind them were basically zealots, you know? So I don't know if any of that's true, but <clears throat> I have a hard time. Knows. I have a hard time getting behind yeah. most conspiracy theories. Like I find them entertaining, and there's some like the Kennedy assassination where I'm like, okay, I can see. Pretty thought provoking, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like right now, there's this weird niche of like older generation than us who are super into conspiracies, 
then they all also seem to love Trump. And I'm not sure what, and it's a, I think it's one of those things like they read it on Facebook. They think it's true. They repost it and it's just spirals, but the conspiracy theory thing, I find them fun, but I'm always skeptical about them. And you you have to be skeptical. And by being skeptical, it makes you more interested in the topic. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, I'm going to look into this. Now you've just enlightened yourself because you've actually researched something and some of it's valid. Like Alex Jones, all the shit he says is valid. And some things he doesn't talk, doesn't talk about because it'll make him sound too crazy. Like, we're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got to give it in spurts. If he just came out tomorrow and said, and he'd say he was right, let's just, you know, hypothetical. And he came out and say, yeah, there's, there's the reptilians and they're trying to control everything. And they're, they, want, they don't want anything good for you, mm-hmm. you know. He'd be like, that's the reptilians, you fucking crazy asshole. <laughs> but then maybe as time goes on, you're like, oh, yeah, aliens are here. They live under oceans. Yeah. And they look like reptilians. Now you can... Understand a little bit better, you know. I, but he has said some crazy ass shit that's been true, but he's also said a lot of crazy shit that wasn't true. Yeah, <laughs> and so he discredits himself. <laughs> it was the gay frogs or whatever. Yeah, the the waters turning the frog turn the frogs gay. You're making the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> you know, there's a metal project out there that just uses uh, Alex Jones samples. Oh really? Dialogue. Yeah, I got. A, I think it's called the Alex Jones Prison Planet. <laughs> Or something like that. I gotta send you a link on Bandcamp. Yes, I need that. Well, Trying to make it the freaking frogs game. <laughs> it's so damn funny. <laughs> that dude, he's also like, I think he's playing a character most of the time. He knows what he's doing. He makes a lot of money doing that. Yeah. I know my brother-in-law, <clears throat> he lives in Austin, which is where Alex Jones is. And he was in one of the parks here a couple months ago. And there's a video that went viral of Alex Jones recently. He has a megaphone. He's yelling about how COVID's fake and all this stuff. My brother-in-law was at the park that day. And in the viral video, you see him in the background. <laughs> uh, and yeah, he's, I don't know, Alex Jones. But with the conspiracy theory stuff, I think a lot of that is people are bored with reality. And they want <laughs> yeah. something to be more interesting than it really is. That yeah. is right on you, the point. You, you stop finding yeah, meaning and purpose in things. Yeah. We would have meaning and purpose if we had another 9-11 or a meteor or a civil war. Mm-hmm. But when that's all happening, you have to put your attention to something. Next thing you know, like, you know what? I want to dress up as a girl tomorrow because I'm fucking bored and I don't know what to do with myself. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, I'm a transsexual or whatever. You know? Um, so, yeah, you you can... We're also on a forward progression path, too, as well. Like, nothing's ever going to be fundamentalist anymore. We're not going to be a bunch of people in 1870 doing what we were doing then, you know. So, you got you, you to you a melting pot of people out there, and you got to give them something to do, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think people get bored with reality. It's too. It's just like when you look at a movie, <clears throat> and it's based on real-life events. Of course, they have to spruce it up to make it more interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you guys would know better than me, war movies. Yeah, that's and I've heard <clears throat> a lot of veterans and stuff say like it's not that exciting. It's most pretty hilarious. Time. Like a lot of war movies, yeah. I find just hilarious. He's, yeah, he's ruined them so, for me. He ruined yeah. war movies for me. Yeah. <laughs> like The Hurt Locker, I used to that's, like that. That's movie. a great comedy. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> he, he ruined, and it's funny because over time he's pointed things out in in military movies to me. So now I'm watching them and I'm <laughs> you got shit. the critical eye. Now. I'm like, damn yeah. it. What is this bullshit? Yeah. This is a Walmart shit. Right? Yeah, this is Walmart shit. <laughs> Kevin, um, so back to the whole people are bored with reality. Mm-hmm. You're 100% correct about that. And Kevin's field of study, astronomy, that could give the human species a new sense of purpose as if we got out in the stars. I don't know why in the shit we're not trying harder to do that. Um, look at how much money we put into the war. 
you know, look at how much money is missing. Remember right the day before 9-11? Like, we don't know what happened to $2.3 trillion. <laughs> and now it's a lot, now it's like $17 trillion or something, or something ridiculous. It costs $3 million or three. Yeah, it costs an insane amount of money yeah, every we're, day. We're just missing it's, money that could be put towards, uh, you know, space program. Fueling that, people's enthusiasm for reality again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the James Webb, dude, because it's coming next year, is the most exciting thing that will happen for me all of next year. The what? What is it? The James Webb Telescope. What's because it? It's a, it's like, it's a replacement for, not replacement because we're still going to use the Hubble, but it's much better than the Hubble. Like, with the Hubble, we like, we've looked at like, was it GNZ 11? The furthest galaxy back in time we've seen. It's like a, um, not, it's like a proto-galaxy, but so far red-shifted that even, you know, we see it as red. You know, so far red-shifted. So is that beyond 14 billion light-years away? Um, or is that right around there? Its distance, I think, is 11 or 12. 11 or 12, okay. Um, and plus, space is expanding within our bubble as well. Dark matter, right? right. Is that dark matter? That'd be dark energy. You know, dark and energy. this energy is left over from the Big Bang. You have the closet, uh, the microwave background, right, which you, you can measure... Based on that, like why galaxies form in certain regions, because areas were less dense or let slightly cooler at the beginning. I mean, very, very small fluctuations, but they grow to be bigger when you see where galaxies form and formate and the clusters are at. But the James Webb apparently will be able to see GNZ 11 fairly well and further back. Like, I guess what they're the, saying that they can push back to see the very first proto-galaxies with it. What kind of technology is that? I well, bet it would make our heads spin. Just well, James Webb was originally details. put on the design plan right after Hubble went up. It was like nineteen ninety eight or something. And then it was originally supposed to go up in like two thousand fifteen or sixteen. That keeps on getting pushed back. It's fucking massive, dude. You have to see some pictures of it. But uh um no, that's gonna be exciting to see that is really cool. Yeah. To see a lot more shit, dude. That's something worth celebrating for the human species. Yeah. Well I think there's stuff in real life like like that, like you were saying, the things that they could explore that are yep. exciting. We're, we're meant to explore. Yeah. We're a very inquisitive yeah. species. And, and I mean, that yeah. includes here on Earth. There's stuff, places of the ocean we've never... Oh, dude. Never we know seen. less about the oceans than space yeah. in, on some levels. And, that, well, that's, and that's insane. That, and that conspiracy theory is <clears throat> that missing trillions of dollars that happens is it's going to building bunkers under the oceans and under the, the continent. And apparently there's like railways that can get you across the United States in fucking minutes or something, you know, completely. I don't know if that's real or not. I'm just saying that's one of those like ideas where all that missing money went is going, you know, who knows? I mean, <laughs> what's, what's the point of all that? Was there any kind New of world order shit? I don't know. I'm not saying I believe in it, but it's, no, I, I no think way. actually I was just listening to Joe Rogan this last week. He had this former CIA guy on, he's had on a bunch of times who actually lives here. Oh, shit. his name's Mike Baker. He lives in Boise. He always talks about it on that podcast. But anyways, they were talking about conspiracy stuff and like George Soros and all this stuff. And Mike Baker, who was in the intelligence world forever, he was saying like, there's not one evil man who's running the show. No, that's no way. And then they were both talking about how we've been brought up on like movies and stuff. And that's given us these wild ideas of there is this evil bald headed billionaire who's running yeah. the whole show and, and he was saying that's probably not the case yes yeah. he's there then i think there, there is bad people in the world but i don't think there's one guy there's, running the whole thing you know it's always it's, a collective of people who are in a good little boy group let's say 12 15 20 guys they'll have common personalities common agendas common morals common values 
and they say, here's, we're better than everybody else. And here's what we think that people should be doing. And they start an initiative from that. Like, here's what we need to do. Here's how you formulate a plan. Here's who you need in charge of this idea. And you get your top people putting in charge of these. So now you have a multifaceted, you know, you know, like 10 headed dragon going on. And it trickles down from there. Hail Hydra. Yeah, Hail Hydra, <laughs> dude. It, it really, the line between good and, I guess, good and evil is, like, there's no such thing, really, technically. You know, if you mm-hmm. think about it, nothing's ever that clear cut. No. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely people that lean more towards the, you know, harmful side of the spectrum, but are they purely evil or just viewing the world from their perspective? You know, that's a whole huge topic just right there mm-hmm. so it's yeah it's as far as these conspiracy theories go it's hard to just say those guys over there are pure evil those 15 dudes mm-hmm. no they just might have a different perspective than everybody else and they have the means to actually make that perspective a reality it's it's always been fascinating to me because i hate looking at things in black and white like this is good this is evil no there's there's a lot of degrees within that so mm-hmm. yeah it's part of being objective i guess well and this you know evil people doing evil things yeah that exist in the world but they probably a lot of them think they're doing the right thing they think they're doing the yeah. best for humanity and it might it's <laughs> most likely not i mean there's we i mean you guys definitely know there's evil in this world you, you've dealt with it totally um mm-hmm. but to them you know they're they're defending their homeland they're trying to yeah. do what's right with the way they were raised exactly it doesn't make it right but yeah and there's yeah and that's why you know, even though there's a lot of people in the military that are maybe, you know, of very average intelligence, everybody comes out, I think, especially, I don't know about the other other MOSs, but I know, like, when you're in infantry and you're combat-oriented guys, the jobs you have to do make you a more enlightened person. Because you can be sitting next to someone you only like and they're dumb, but say you're all, like, on an OP and you're sitting out overnight, and you're not, you don't have TV or cell phone or anything to keep you busy. You start, as soon as that's happening, your brain's trying to find something to stimulate itself. And so you start having these in-depth, deep conversations about all of this. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, you come out of the military with this better understanding of everything around you um, because of that. You know, some of the dumbest shit you can do is sit around on an OP, not knowing, you know, nothing's really going to ever happen at night. And then you have to be able to stay awake, you know, or on guard watch or something. And you're having like, some deep ass conversations. You know, like, but what's life about, man? That probably fuels <laughs> fuels that bond that you see between guys. I mean, other than you guys go through crazy shit together. Yeah. But you're also spending the time sitting there. Well, you run out of shit talking. to talk about. And the next thing you're talking about, like, man, like, oh, man, like, you know, here's the kind of sexual stuff I want to try and all this. These next thing you're having these intimate conversations because... With, with each other or... Yeah. No, with, yeah, with yeah. each other. <laughs> yeah, with each other, of course. Yeah. In the back of a Bradley. Yeah, keep it in the family. <laughs> Jake, can I grab that beer? Oh, yeah, yeah man. that beer. That thing looks so tasty. It's going to be nice and cold, too. Yeah. Oh, it's got America's colors on it, it's too. Nice. Look at that. I forgot. I was, Thanks, buddy. So I was supposed to go and get those, like, canned wines, like, in the camo can, you know? Mm-hmm. It's been perfect. A little bit of wine in the camo can. And then, uh, yeah. Bria's exam took a lot longer than it was supposed to be, so. <laughs> so, what do you do now? Or what would you do when you got out? Cry myself to sleep every night. <laughs> yeah, you were you were uh, medi- were you medically retired. Medically or? retired. Yeah. Okay. Um. See, so I was twenty four. I guess. 
I was actually in college before my official ETS end time of service date was actually up. Mm. So I was going to college for machining mm-hmm. over in Twin Falls. I'm from the Magic Valley originally. Okay. So um, that was quite a transition for me. Oh, yeah. Going from Afghanistan to a hospital to college. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I said a single word to any of my classmates in, in my math class the entire semester. It's probably just, hard to relate. I was in a terrible, terrible place in my life. Yeah. Probably, probably one of the darkest places I've ever been in. Um, somehow got through school, though. I think I think I had good grades. I can't even remember. It's just been so long. Mm-hmm. This was 2012 time frame. <laughs> so then after that, I went to gunsmithing school in Colorado. And uh, that didn't work out. I tried to get a job around here. I wasn't able to get hired on by anybody. Mm-hmm. So then I went to BSU for one semester. I didn't like university life. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I was just, I was just a, tr- a mobile train wreck for a number of years. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen that because I have the outsider's perspective uh, and I have a lot of our friends joined the military out of high school. I was one of the only guys that didn't. I kind of regret that a little because I just wish I would have served my country. I I just, to me, that's an important thing, and I have a lot of respect for people who have. Mm-hmm. And I've always, I think we've talked about this before, but I have, and I know a lot of people who were never in the military who have the same perspective I do, is I'm kind of enamored by it. Just the whole world of the military and what you guys have been through and seen and done and stuff I can't even fathom. But I have a crazy amount of respect, and it's something I kind of regret I didn't do. But anyways, a lot of our friends joined and I've, I've watched, and they, these are some of my best friends, and I've watched them since they got out deal with it in different ways. And, I mean, I can only do so much. I'm, I'll be a friend. I'm there. I'm an ear to talk to. And, but I see see people handle things different. It's transitioning anything, whether it's coming out of the military or just coming away from something. That's all you know. Transition's a crazy thing. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. it really yeah. is. You need a sense of purpose, and you need a mission. Because mm-hmm. you're already mission-oriented, and now when you're having, you know, physical and mental injuries, you need to have a mission still. It keeps your mind off of all that. If you just sat around, then you would just fall into this despair and probably kill yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you you know, I've you know noticed even just since I moved, I had that huge, massive backyard in my last house. I've noticed not. I was like, man, I just with school, I can't do that anymore. And I always realized that that was better for me than where I live now in this neighborhood where we have sprinkler systems and all this other shit. <laughs> because now I'm not taking care of, you know, the pond, the grass, the trees. I'm not taking care of shit other than stuff that's inside the house, mm-hmm. mowing the lawn, you know. It's like you got to best need to have that. And we're already meant for manual labor from a physiological point of view. So vets need to continue to doing like you, even after that, you still went to uh, um, um, scuba school or scuba certified right yeah i i went to a place called sea experience in fort lauderdale and they took us from the well not quite the ground up all the way to uh patty instructor status which was really cool mm-hmm. okay i had i think i had 23 dives going into that school that was awesome that stuff's pretty physically demanding this for sure yeah <laughs> that was it's an incomparable experience um 
What, what would what would anybody really compare scuba diving to? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah like, I've never done it, so I don't know. That's cool. It's yeah. so unique. It's in, it's in its own category for sure. Yeah. And that satisfied the adrenaline fix. So that was that was a cool thing. Yeah. yeah. So thing. You're doing commercial diving, right? Then I did commercial diving after that, and um, did not like that as much as scuba diving. Just whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's not as you can't move around as much. You know, you don't use fins and oh. stuff like that. Typically, it's it's a lot different diving. Okay. Not all kinds of diving are the same, so. Huh. Not getting much of that around here, I'm sure. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. So what, what do you do now? I work at... Oh, oh that was really loud. Uh, <laughs> I work at uh, Independence Indoor Shooting. Okay. The yeah. gun range over here. Yeah. Overland and Eagle. Mm-hmm. Been there since February... So I was actually there pre-COVID. Oh, really? <laughs> it was a whole different, whole different dynamic. That's with everything right now. It's yeah, it was a big paradigm shift, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like you were talking about, like adapting and stuff like that. People find a way to get through things. It's we're really good at that. Yeah, yeah, we we're are really we're, good. We're meant to adapt to things, and there's some people who just can't find it in themselves to do it. But I think, like I've seen it through my my line of work or. Uh, my kids' school, people find a way to do something. Yeah, people are going to bitch about the way kids are online school, but they found a way to do it, and people adapt. What do you do, Jake? <clears throat> I'm a contractor for the post office, so I, I'm a truck driver. I drive a semi, and I haul mail to and from post offices, and that's we never stop. We got busier. You probably work some crazy hours, too, huh? Yeah, yeah. Most of the year, <laughs> it's not too bad. I can't complain. Uh, around Christmas is when it gets nuts. We're actually we're gearing up right now to for that crazy amount of time for that crazy time, and it's usually about mid November it starts to pick up, and then once you hit December, it's a uh, it's a nut house. It's crazy, yeah. The plant they have a big processing plant here in Boise, and the place it's like Santa's workshop, I guess. It it's hard to explain unless you see it, but yeah, it gets crazy, and then as soon as Christmas is over, it's like a switch flips and goes back to normal. This year's been a little different because of COVID. Um, there's been a lot more volume, uh, a lot of packages, stuff like that, because everybody's ordering stuff online. But, yeah, it's pretty boring job just driving. I mean, I, I load and unload my own stuff, so I'm in and out a lot. I'm not just sitting in my ass all day, but it's, I don't know. Sounds like you have a lot of time to listen to podcasts, though. <clears throat> I listen. That's <laughs> pretty much all I do when I'm when I'm driving. That's it's funny because I drive yeah. for, I drive for like, Maybe 25, 30 minutes at the longest on my route, but I'm in and out, in and out. So I get, I get a couple podcasts in a day, depending on how long. Dude, that are. sounds rad. Yeah. I, I would love if I was a truck driver to do that, but I know it would get hard for me because I just be wanting to like, like blast metal tunes the whole time. You can. <laughs> like, I'd be like, I'd be the guy who's like, like trying to like sneak in at night and like change the stereo system in the truck to make it fucking nice and just like, you know, just, get, just get it. I'm all about that. Have you ever CDL? Yeah, I know. In case, in case I can't go be a physicist somewhere and go drive truck. I actually, I trained him to get a CDL. Yeah. Badass. And then, what, the job you were at, like, right after you got it, you left? Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Just take that shit. Yeah. Hey, uh, but you have it. It's a, a CDL is a good thing to have. You can always find a job. Seriously. For sure. Yeah. There's, there's always somewhere that needs a driver for something, whether it's over the road stuff or, and those guys make good money. I just, with a family and stuff, I could never do that. Dude, something I've, I had my eye on for a few years now, which I think would be beneficial for a lot of veterans because a lot of them, I think, are kind of like-minded. 
Some aren't. We can get into that later. There's a different, there's a, you know, I, I would say three distinct types of veterans, right? But uh, it's been years now, like, because, like, shooting is a one way of relieving. You know, you're practicing something, you're getting better at something. Um, it's also costs money, you know. Um, it, not everybody has the money to just go dump on rounds all the time. You know what I mean? Especially when you like to shoot my 6.5, it's a dollar a round, you know. Um, but anything, one thing I've been wanting to do for a long time is astrophotography, which I'm going to get into when I get a decent uh, scope. Uh, maybe a refractor, I don't know. But we'll see what kind of money I have. Um, um, but anyway, and just um, videos and images and pictures of uh, just landscapes. But something where you have to hike to it. You know, you have that mission again. Mm-hmm. You're not just get, stepping out of your truck and doing it. Like, okay, I'm going to walk three to five clicks. There's this creek over here that has a really nice spot. And take a video of it for like three hours. Or move it every ten minutes. And I post it to YouTube. Because people do that. Like the relaxing calm videos. Mm-hmm. But I think the best part about that isn't just like, the vi- you know, I can load it to YouTube. I don't care about the YouTube views. But it's the mission. It's get hiking out there with your shit, being prepared for it and taking images and having to put your attention on something like to get a good shot or a good image, you know, a good video, whatever you're doing. And same thing with astrophotography, you know, getting out somewhere away from people, away from the light pollution and doing stuff like that. I think that would be really cool to get into that with nice equipment and then get other veteran into doing shit like that. Give them a purpose. Get out of your house, get off of Call of Duty, get outdoors with me Mm -hmm. and let's go do it when it's like 15 degrees because it sucks, but you remember that that pain you have when you're cold or you're hot makes you, it gives you that sense of purpose again. Like a little mm-hmm. bit more of a challenge. Yeah, yeah. dude, we should, uh, we should start a veterans backpacking club. Idaho yeah. is a, is just a giant theme park for outdoors. Yeah, it is. So backpacking fucking kicks ass and, Fuck yeah. and uh, a theme park for veterans. There's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like Walmart. <laughs> well, like I said, working with the post office, there are so many veterans that work for the post office. It's insane. Uh, they have to be the majority of people that work there, I would imagine. And it's kind of cool what they do. Like, if you're a vet, if you go to work for the post office, your military time goes towards your time in the post office. For really? Yeah, towards, like, your retirement and everything. Huh. Also, like, when veterans apply for the post office, they go to the top of the list because they have a priority for... For veterans. And from what I've heard, the post office runs really similar to the military. They, I know they run off military time, but the way, the order of stuff inside and stuff like that. And so it seems like veterans fit into the post office. It's like a a good place to go afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot, a lot of veterans there. And I mean, there's guys that were Vietnam vets, maybe even older than that. And all the way to, you know, the most recent wars and, yeah, a lot of vets in there, but yeah, I think I think everybody needs some kind of purpose, not just veterans. I mean, yeah, everybody. everybody. That's it's, why, yeah, we've we've really lost our way as a species. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I we've think, really stagnated. Yeah, I think it's we it's highlighted on veterans more because veterans got in a place that was in one way healthier. We got in a place where like, oh, we should be moving all the time and problem solving all the time, like our ancestors did. And so now that we experienced what humans are actually meant for, then going back to the sedentary lifestyle of the 20th, 21st century, like, oh, this is, why does this feel wrong? Why does this not feel right? You know, and people who are not veterans also feel that, but they don't know why. 
and all the veterans don't know why until they realize they get that aha moment. Like, that is it. Because we've been doing what we're supposed to be doing as human beings. I'm not talking about, like, I'm not talking about, like, 12-mile run rucks with 50 pounds, you know, <laughs> compressing the discs and fucking their knees and hips up. <laughs> Let's go get scoliosis. Yes. <laughs> Today we're going on a 10-mile scoliosis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just the constant moving and problem-solving and having to overcome adversity. You know, someone's constantly telling you you're doing something wrong, so you have to be humble and fix yourself and make yourself better. Yeah. Um, you know, and everyone would benefit from that. If we live in a society full of people that complain when anything doesn't go their way, and if it doesn't, then they're going to fucking riot, and everything's your fault, and you're the enemy. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, the, you are the problem. You've been made into a little narcissist or a little sociopath because you got everything you wanted when you wanted and complained when you were young. You know, they're... Um, you know, there's two, there's always extremes. I say some, meet somewhere in the middle. If you're child rearing kids, you know, people are like decrying out people and people are coddling them the whole time. Find somewhere in between, you know, make, make a person that can handle life, but that knows that you're there for them as well. And that they're secured in themselves. Stop making these little egotistical narcissistic kids that think they're the most important thing that I was ever made, you know, and that's for some reason been more prevalent in our society now. And other societies laugh at us when they, you know, because they see how this fucking weak we are at this point, you know. Well, I like what you said about, like, starting, like, a hiking thing for vets, something like that. Or just everybody. Yeah, well, I was just, I was just Let's get everybody involved. We've got a lot of healing to do in society. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and for I think everybody when, out there. When people come together, do something, have a common goal. They can come together. Yeah, labels, labels and tags yeah. don't matter anymore, you know, backgrounds. It's just... Roll here. Yeah. We, we should that hiking yeah. point. We should yeah. start something because me and Kevin, actually, when we were starting this podcast, we talked about if we start to get a platform using it for some kind of good, we, we could, we should start something like that. Yeah. Like yeah. the thick boy hiking clothes. <laughs> well, like, like <laughs> we're Walmart appreciator. hiking <laughs> We're getting like a little following now, you know, with this podcast yeah. and that'd be kind of cool to kind of put our heads together. That'd be rad. Create something. Dude, human beings have, an unbelievable amount of potential mm-hmm. and to help unlock that. I think that's gotta be one of the most rewarding things in life is seeing yeah. other people, you know, that are happy because, Hey, look, look what I just did. This is amazing. Yeah. 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 That should be, that should be a goal. Like that's a goal worth fighting for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you we're were... unlimited theoretically with what we can do. Yeah. Nobody's ever seen the upper limit to yeah. look at David humans. Goggins. He's trying to find that. I wouldn't recommend living his lifestyle because <laughs> you're going to be in a lot of pain. Here we but, Hunter S. Thompson. But I, yeah, but I do feel <laughs> Let's like see what we can do here today. He's a good example of the body's capable of. <laughs> yeah, you well, know, you have a lot of those guys as like ultra marathon runners and stuff like that. Yeah, and then the, then even imagine. the and then even the mental side of it, Da Vinci. Mm-hmm. Like that's crazy. That guy had to be at the highest echelons of human potential. <laughs> yeah, you know. Just unlimited. Mm-hmm. How do you get to that point? Can anybody get to that point? Does it have to be just one guy, or can anybody do that? I think there's outliers too. There's there's <laughs> super true. special. There's some anomalies, but yeah, some people in general, are, yeah, yeah, people can do whatever the hell they want in general. Yes, if they put enough work. Well, but we're yeah. we're putting emphasis on we're putting emphasis on being special over specialized these days, though, because it pays off. If you're looking at you know any field where there's PhDs going down there, you need the best person working on a specific thing at any given time. And so someone like Da Vinci, who's a jack of all trades, 
mm-hmm. uh, re- a renaissance man, right? True renaissance man. Yeah, yeah true. And he was good at everything he did because he put his mind to it, but because it was his choice. I want to know more about this. So on my own volition, I will find out everything I need to know and everything I need to study and observe to do this. First, being in a society where we're driven by materialistic items. I want this and this and this. I need X amount of dollars. I need this education. And I want someone to tell me what to do. What should I be researching? What should I be looking into? And at the end of the day, you just want to get off work at eight, have your beer, your wine, and then unwind. But if you are really invested in what you're looking into, like Da Vinci was, he, you know, he wasn't sleeping at the time because he was so motivated because this was on his own volition. Yeah. Again, he had control over what he wanted to do. So yeah, if you want more Renaissance people type people, you just got to let them have free reign with their imagination. What do you want to know? What do you want to do? And don't just chase one thing. Yeah. How do you make that happen in a society like this? Right. Cause we're not focusing <laughs> on that. We're, it's almost capitalism is a religion. Mm-hmm. It's actually the world's most successful religion. Well, I think that's where you have those outliers that we just mentioned is they, even in a society like we have today, they find a way to be great at something, whether it's an ultra marathon runner or whatever it is, they kind of just forge their own path and they, and there's probably some, none of us have ever even heard about that are awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. But nowadays with social media and stuff, there's a few guys that have a following that, that are Crazy, like even what's that Alex Honnold guy that uh-huh. did the free free climb, uh, free solo, free solo, and I guess I, I just saw this girl just free soloed the El Capitan or yeah. whatever. God, yep. people are so fucking amazing. It, they are. They really Seriously. are. Seriously, it's or she free climbed it. Well, I don't think it's free solo because she still had equipment. Gotcha. Yeah, but still, still really no, yeah, I couldn't. Extremely find impressive. That's cool. There's a yeah. still really cool. There's this ultra marathon runner girl who. I think she was also on Joe Rogan, but her name's Courtney DeWalter. Have you ever heard her, her story? Uh-uh. It's, it's pretty cool. She's, she does all these like 200 mile marathons and stuff. And she did one where Dear she God. was, she was going blind because of the stress. And she had, I forget what it's called, something edema in her eyes and she couldn't see and she still finished the day of marathon. <laughs> it's, their people are amazing. Yeah. We really are. We're, we're fucking awesome. <clears throat> and we have to, try and help unlock all that awesomeness within other people mm-hmm. because that translates to just a better society and a better overall life for people. Yeah. I don't subscribe to it is what it is or status quo. I think mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> I think that's right. a big inhibitor to happiness. Yeah. You know, let, let people decide what they want to do and they will give it 130%. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we used to, I mean, you'd see it in the military, of course, but you, you do it at the CrossFit gym. Like when someone has, a part in the workout, like coming up with it and they're all doing it. They do extremely well at it. The more relaxed, you know, stressed out about the workout, they just defeat. I mean, they just beat the shit out of the workout. But if you do a workout where they don't know what's coming at them, they have like half of the energy. They can go half as long. They don't know what's coming. It's like a military that happens. You don't know how long you're getting smoked for. And so your pushups is, you know, knock out the best pushups and you might get to like 10. You're like, I can't do anymore. Your body, for some reason, gives up when you don't have control over the situation and you don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. which is good because it makes you overcome those. Like, I want to see 100% when you don't know what's coming at you. It does make you stronger, but it also shows the power in having control over what you're doing, whether it's working out, your work, whatever you're doing. You're much better at it when you see the, the whole picture. You yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, totally. You have to have a clear, clear objective in mind, for sure. Yeah. 
So I want to kind of go back a little bit. What we were talking about earlier, you were talking about when you got out of the military, that was a medical deal. Can, will you talk about what went on with you? Yeah, I, I got shot in the hand. How did that feel? <laughs> Probably like, not great. Like a huh? thousand WalMarts landed on my balls. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was horrendous. It was pretty indescribable. Um, yeah, just hopefully I never have to experience that level of pain again. It was. I, I bet. Yeah, the lot of nerves going in your hands and your feet. Yeah, there's there's a shit ton of nerves in your hands. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, how was yeah. the the recovery from that? Like, how did that go? Um, good. I ate really well. Um, I think that speeded things along. I'm really big into eating good, and just staying healthy in general. And um, let's see, I was inpatient for 50 days at Walter Reed. I think I had a pretty fast recovery. In general, like I didn't smoke or anything or drink, so yeah, that sped along a lot. Yeah, I mean the physical recovery is fine, but let's not even. Well, I guess we could talk about the the mental side of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, when you what a train wreck. Yeah, because <laughs> so I imagine it's pretty hard when you're now missing, you know, about half your hand mm-hmm. to like have a part of you that's like gone because it's part of your your body's part of your identity. Right. And so I imagine it was hard to lose like part of yourself in a sense. Yeah. That is a weird feeling. Um, it seems, it seems like not a big deal, I guess. You know, if back when I had all my limbs and I saw amputees, I thought that wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> then I became one and I thought, yeah, I just randomly will think to this day, think that is so weird that you're missing digits, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> like, for no particular reason beyond just, you just don't have as much shit as you were born with. Yeah. Like, that's it. It's a right. bizarre... It's kind of an indescribable, weird-ass feeling. Yeah. <laughs> no, I imagine as time... Like, as you're an adult, it's, strange, yeah. it's harder to cope with because you've had it for so long. Like, yeah. this is me. And then now, like, oh, shit, like, part of me is gone. Am I... I'm different now. It's yeah. like, it's you're trying to find yourself over something that you thought seemed kind of you know, more trivial than it really is. Yeah. You yeah. never really appreciate what you have until it's gone. Yeah. And then I always look at pictures of back in the day and I'm like, holy shit, that guy's got 10 fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Intruder alert. Well, that's, <laughs> that's where like the adaptation thing. I mean, he was saying you play guitar, you're mm-hmm. playing guitar, missing fingers. That's pretty fucking cool. Thanks. Talk about what people are capable of. Like that's, yeah, that's why I'm sure it'd be harder if it was on your other hand to play guitar. Yeah. Um, so Believe it or not, I'm actually left-handed mm-hmm. besides playing guitar. Really? So if I actually played guitar left-handed, I'd be SOL. Yeah. So because I'm ambidextrous. <laughs> well, you probably figured out. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I would give it up. I would give it up. Switch, you can't switch. You hands. can't fret with this with this hand. Switch hands. You'd be all right. Yeah, you'd probably be a, it'd be a decent bassist. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the William Murder face. Yeah. So do you ever? Like, just out in everyday life in public, do you ever get people ask you, like, what happened to your hand? Yeah. Because it's uh, super awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there was one Saturday I was working at the gun range, and I got asked three times. And uh, the first two times, I got pretty upset, because mm-hmm. Saturdays are usually our busy- busiest days. But then the last time, <laughs> I told a guy it was a golfing accident. <laughs> 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 I've never felt more proud of myself than in that moment. You gotta have humor. Cause yeah. He, Cause he's going home like, how oh, the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's mind fucked him. Yeah. He's all, really? I said, yeah. 
Uh, I told a guy uh, last week that it was coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's important, though. Like, when shit sucks, to have a little humor. I agree. It makes, yeah. it makes things easier. And sometimes I might not be healthy either, just trying to joke and laugh everything off. But yeah. there's a place for it. Yeah. When, when I got kind of upset the first two times I got asked on that Saturday, because Saturdays are really stressful at work, so I was already stressed out. But I don't know. I just... I want to treat people with respect and I ask for the same thing in return. So I feel like that kind of violated that because I want to see a society where everybody treats each other with respect. And like, I wouldn't go up to a guy in a wheelchair and ask him what happened to his legs. Yeah. For instance, you know, but then I just realized, Hey, people are just curious Mm -hmm. naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, that's fine. And then just respond with some humor and, Life's good. I guess. Does it happen with kids? Do kids because kids are all way curious? Do they ever look at you and say something? Yeah, they're right at eye level with it. Yeah, I mean they just they just kind of have the wide eyed thing, like oh my god. Yeah. yeah. When I notice that, I just say, "Remember to eat your broccoli." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I like don't get addicted to quaaludes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I think it's cool though that that you've gotten to a place where you can. Either joke about it or just tell somebody. Oh yeah, it's gonna happened. be here forever. Yeah, like I'm gonna be old and <clears throat> on my deathbed, and it's still gonna be there. Like yeah. it's just it's never ever going away, and that's yeah. fine. Who cares? And then there's probably people who don't even notice as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, a lot of people don't. When when I shook your hand outside, I didn't even think about it. And then when we were in here and he said you were hurt, I was like, because well, Kevin told me who you are in the past. I was like, oh yeah, wait a minute, I didn't even notice when I shook your hand. You know, there's so I've <clears> um, I've had coworkers. And I've actually had to tell them I'm an amputee and they didn't even know. And I've worked with them for several months. Mm-hmm. So I guess made it natural, which is good. Yeah. I'm glad I don't have to explain it too much, um, you know, in a like work context or random context. But I've, you know, people are curious. Yeah. So I've got to take that into account too. I can't just be pissed off at people all the time. It's not my end goal in life, yeah. I guess. Just yeah. tell them. I lost it fighting for your freedom. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, too, is, like... Lost it at Walmart. Yeah, like, I got deployed to Walmart. Yeah. Like, me and John, too, are, like, the guys who clown on other people like that. Like, you should be accepting of everybody. And if someone's a vet and they're struggling in life, you'd help them out. But we can't help but clown on people as well. Mm-hmm. Like, the guys who are like, we fought for your freedom. We see license plates. And it's yeah. like, I yeah. fought for your freedom. It's like, no, not really. I think in a sense... But really, you just went over there, took contact, killed people, saw people get blown up, and then you came home, and you did it repeated, repetitively. You had no real distinct mission. Mm-hmm. The missions were always made up to make you to continue to be motivated. But if there's a real fight on terrorism, it's solely in the hands of, like, Green Berets and SEALs working with... All the cool dudes. Working yeah. with the military to let them take control <clears throat> of their own country and defeat the people who are radicals. Right. Mm-hmm. But big army and marine guys were out there just to go, like, fuck things up, essentially. Yeah. Right? Well, marines probably fuck things up more than us. <laughs> like, we kind of we balance it out, I think, a little bit more. But, um, you know, so, yeah, I don't think it's about – it's more about us finding ourselves and doing it in the name of the country. Mm-hmm. But I would never be like, yeah, fuck your freedom, you know. I think it's very – derivative of older times which is not appropriate now when we were you it know? is yeah it's yeah it's i was actually having a conversation with one of my co-workers the other day he's in the marines we were talking about how we don't care about accolades awards recognition 
just, you know, especially when the goal is just self-empowerment and self-discovery and stuff like that. And I didn't do anything. <laughs> I literally didn't do anything. I, I had a job. That's all I had. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Got, yeah. hurt at work. Yep. Job related yeah. injury. Well, it's exactly. like, yeah, I, <clears throat> once again, from the outsider's perspective, I've met <clears throat> a lot of veterans. Most veterans don't talk about the shit they've done or how cool they are. And typically if they are talking about that, <clears throat> they're full of shit and everything in life. They're, they seem like they don't have their shit together at all. Anyways. True. Yeah. And I think that's with any, any profession, anything, if someone's going to sit there and tell you how cool they are and how good they are at their job, yeah. they're, they're missing something. They're, yeah. You know what I mean? Just do it because people have eyeballs yeah. and they can see that if you're doing it day in, day out, you don't have to say that, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> maybe if they didn't get enough affirmation from their parents growing up, maybe that's why they act that way. Well, they might not right? get enough affirmation in any aspect or, of yeah. their life. Cause and so they're searching for it. They probably need good friends. Yeah, yeah. they feel like nobody Having loves them. Is extremely right? important. Yeah. You know, feel like nobody loves you, then you're constantly going to be that guy who starts a conversation with, mm-hmm. hey, I'm so-and-so, I was this, that, 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 and this. Like, oh, whoa. Because they immediately want you to like them based off of that because mm-hmm. they're insecure that you may not like them for Yeah, it's, a, it's a confidence thing. Yeah. We, we talked about that in our last episode with, like, the job and stuff like that, how when you're not confident, you're searching for people to tell you you're doing a good job. Yeah. And once you're confident, you don't need that. You already know you're good at what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You're just comfortable <clears throat> in your own skin, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. these are the cards you've been dealt. Mm-hmm. See if you can get better ones. Yeah. If not, then whatever. <laughs> and that's and that's why I think the hiking thing would be cool. Because, like, That'd I get sweet. You, you have Go Ruck, and a lot of people like that. I even did one, and it wasn't – it was a disillusion in a sense because it's not meant for people who are already veterans. And they're like, they're like, oh, you're a vet? It's like, yeah. Like, what'd you do? I was like, well, I was infantry, you know? And then he's like, well – Okay, cool. That's cool. Like, all right. Because I remember some like 18 Delta and uh, a couple other guys. One of them was like, his, uh, he, he was driving by a town in like this uh, fucking SUV. It had like recon on it. He's like, first force, re-, you know, like, and they're like drinking. And like, like that's not who, that's, you want to be that guy you're in when you're out. You know, the top of your game, someone who can lead from the front, always in life. Like, strive for something, try to be a better person. Mm-hmm. Not, this is who I was. Because I felt like my experience with Gorek was, like, this is who we are, and we're going to talk to you and smoke you like we got smoked. So, it's like, and then they call it bridging the gap. I heard that term a lot. It's like, that's not bridging gaps. That's letting people know who you are because it's called fucking <clears throat> narcissism, right? That's textbook narcissism. I'm going to come off in a very appealing, nice, understandable way to you to make, you, to make myself... So that you'll pull me into your circle. You'll listen to what I'm saying. But while I'm doing all that, I'm telling you who I am. I want to make you suffer so you know I have control and power. It's always narcissism. So I didn't, my experience with GoRec was not good because I was in the military. You know. Um, whereas those other people were like, this is just fun, whatever. Like, <coughs> just smoking us or yelling at us or whatever. And <laughs> this is like Call of Duty. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not healthy for... I think someone who's a veteran. So the hiking thing can, I think can get someone just like, Hey, this isn't fucking stressful. No. If you want more stress, then let's get a smaller group and make a plan. Like, Hey, let's move 10, 13 clicks and let's go over this train. Mm-hmm. And then along the way we can stop. <clears throat> we can make it more, a little more organized so that you get that sense of purpose. If the hike isn't good enough, you know what I mean? But it, not in a way that we're demeaning each other. We're, we're relating, we're finding respect and commonality along among each other. Cause you make it someone who wants to do it 
And you know, as I noticed, like coming across the gym too, like there's always people that come in and they're very quiet. You can tell they're standoffish. They have their wall up. So we do that. And it's like, well, how can I get this guy's wall down in the next three clicks? You know what I mean? And get through to him. And now this guy that I may not have liked if I give him a chance is a really cool motherfucker. Right. Um, so yeah, back to the hacking thing. I think it's, it is a good idea. We, we could, we should, we should do something. I yeah, mean, it's so. kind of getting a shitty time of year where the average person isn't going to want to go hiking in the snow, but there's we, always crazy people that will. There sure is. But we could do even once a year, do like the mission prep veterans hike, have people donate a little money. We can find a veterans charity that's worthy. I know there's a lot of bullshit ones out there too. Yeah. But. Like, everybody that wants to come, donate whatever they can, put together a big thing, go hike Table Rock. Let's do it. Something like that. Let's we freaking do it, man. And especially, like, it might have to be when this next spring, but we can get everything set up. And then, hopefully, also by then, people won't be afraid to go around groups of yeah. people. Shit, there's We're going to socially distance this hike. There, there's warm days. <laughs> Throw your mask on. Let's there's, go. There's always warm days in December. <laughs> That's true. But, yeah. I mean, the other problem, though, with the winter is when it does get wet, those trails, you can't even use them and shit like that. So, we might be able to... Start the planning now. But a lot of people, and I'm one of them, like that, though. Like I said, I want to go take videos and shit in the snow. I like adversity. Yeah, We could do little things like that leading up. But I'm talking about like a one big day where we can get a bunch of people together. Right. That'd be really... And also, so my fat ass can get in a little better shape before Dude. I go hike with a bunch of people. <laughs> and everybody carries like in their pack like... like a can of beer. You get to the top, you chug the beer. That'd be cool. With the hormone, with the pheromones and everything, it makes you feel good. You're like, ah, fuck yeah. Yeah, cigars. Yeah. Bust yeah. out some cigars. I hiked Bora and me and my buddy Tyler busted out some cigars. Really? Top. Everybody's looking at us like, <laughs> what, what the fuck is wrong with those guys? <laughs> you guys are going to die from cancer. <laughs> <laughs> you, no. might, you might die if you fall off this fucking mountain on the way down. <laughs> Bora is fucking terrifying. <laughs> how, how long did that take? 12 hours round trip. Jesus. There was at least a half a mile of free climbing. <laughs> I've got GoPro footage. Damn. It just makes my ass pucker every time I see it. It is one of the most psychologically intense things in my life. And then when you get to the top, the, the area is maybe two of these sheds. Why There's why? hardly any area on top of the, on the peak. <laughs> it's Damn. fucking crazy. Yeah, we should we should get something. We'll we'll do something. That that'd be cool. We can use that'd our, be cool. Use our social media because most of our listeners to this, we are gaining a pretty good following. But most people live in this area. Yeah. So we can get some people involved. I'm sure there's people listening to this right now would be down to donate a little money to a good cause and be able to go on a hike. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just let's just do everything we can to empower people in general. Yeah. Everybody's spirits are so low. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to be a veteran to come on the hike, but nope. we could donate it to a veteran cause or something and make it make it a, a thing. That'd be cool. Because, yeah, when we were first starting this, Kevin was talking about, like, maybe doing, like, a rake-up rake up Boise thing with mission prep and just trying to help the community. But I think what we're talking about right now would be kind of cool. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't know either <laughs> that they haven't tried it, especially, like, to depress or something, how good it feels to do something for somebody else. That's one of the that's one of the ways you find meaning and purpose, right? Anyway, like go selfless and do something for somebody else. For not for money or anything, you realize like, man, I feel fucking good right now. I feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it doesn't even have to be anything big. No, like the other day, things. I was at work and this dude I work with, he would start his car. It was dead. I was like, dude, I got jumper cables. That little thing, I felt good about myself. Yeah. It's like, dude, oh, I yeah, just helped him out. Yeah, it's it it it, it does. It, talk about like a purpose and stuff helping people with with anything i've, I've heard so many people say <clears throat> that altruism doesn't exist 
think that's a load of garbage. I agree. I really do. I agree. There yeah. are selfless people in the world. There are, and there's there's a lot of good people. Mm-hmm. Just genuine good people. There's a lot of shitbags too, but there there's a lot of good folks out there. Well, yeah, I usually don't see someone in a nice Mercedes pulling the side of the road to help push someone's car that died. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like, I couldn't be seen in public doing that. Like, <laughs> like it's people who don't give a fuck about what people think. They just want to do the, those do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I love seeing that shit. When someone just gets out of their car and like, fuck this, I'm going to yeah. help this guy push his car. Like, or, yeah, dude. or if you hold the door for an old lady at the store. Something mm-hmm. like that. Something little. Yeah. The yeah. world the world's a lot more beautiful than the media portrays. Yes. Because the media makes money off of tapping into people's limbic system. Mm-hmm. It separates us. Next yep. thing you know, <clears throat> and because you don't see the people that they're tapping into all the time, the media can say, the media can say hey, black people are rioting and they're doing this and that. And all of a sudden, since you don't see black people around this neighborhood a lot, a few, right? You could be like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, fuck that. And now mm-hmm. you're separate. You're divided. Mm-hmm. And you forgot the, oh, wait, we're basically the same. And if we, were, if we should be mad about something, it's about we should be mad at the person who's doing this shit to us. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, right? yeah. On the other side Seriously. of the coin, too, you, like, for instance, gun owners is people think they're all hillbilly rednecks who, right. that's not true at all. I mean, Hell no. There's intelligent people that are good people that own guns, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. but people see one side of the thing. Like you said, the, the rioters or whatever, or another example is, um, like a liberal person. I know a lot of really good liberal people that mm-hmm. are super Democrat, but they're, they're awesome. You can they're still a conversation. People, yeah. I actually, yeah, I, I work with a guy I was just talking to the other day and I, I didn't realize his political views when we started talking and he's a good dude, really, really liberal. And, but he's not like shutting down everything other, everybody else has to say. And I think, like you said with the media, they, they portray it like whatever side it is. They just portray the shittiest world imaginable. Yeah. And, and the world I know and all of us know is yeah. that way. And, yeah. yeah they're, they're, like I said, they're shitty people. And there's, there's, like we said earlier, evil people, but I don't think that's most yeah. people. Yeah. One out of a thousand you meet on either end will be that way. Yeah. Because they're, they hate their lives and they hate themselves. Mm hmm. And the media portrays that whole side as that person. Yeah. That one guy who hates black people, not because of cultural differences, because they're black, because he's fucking retarded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the media is like shitty education. Everyone on the right yeah. is just like this guy. Yeah. And then the same thing on the left, everybody is just like this guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, no. Or the ground, <clears throat> either one. You know, um, Malcolm X said mass media is the most powerful force on the entire planet. Mm-hmm. I think he was right. The, and I that, think that's a hundred percent. That's any media, including, including social media. Well, because yeah. we like all the studies have done that people will follow what the norm says to do. No, but that college, remember that college study where they're like, "Hey, we're making these students the prison guards; these ones the inmates." Also, the prison mm-hmm. guards like we well, yeah. have to fulfill that role, and they're being more violent and more aggressive than they thought they were as mm-hmm. a person. Like we will fulfill those roles if society tells us that we should be. Well, the, you know, I have experience with that scenario. I mean, I was a bouncer at a bar. When you're a bouncer, you're in control of the situation, and everybody that worked there, we like. I saw this weird little mentality everybody had: like we're in control, no shit's going to go down, which is probably a good thing. You're trying to keep everybody safe. That's what your job That's is. Probably a good thing, yeah. <clears throat> but the herd mentality of it all, and you see one guy get into it with somebody you're on alert. You get there and you're being a, who knows if that person was wrong, but you're being an asshole to him. Cause that's what you need to do to get him out of there. <clears throat> it's, it's a herd mentality thing. I think. Yeah. No, it is tribal for sure. Yeah. We talked about that, you know, with when Morgan was on, like in the military, you have that tribal mentality. Like 
I couldn't imagine how hard it is to be a police officer in a shooting, even if it's a justified shooting, because if I'm correct, you know, you shoot somebody and it's like, cool, give us your gun, your uniform, and you need to be isolated right now so no one can interfere with your statement because you have to get a lawyer. It's like, you're you're isolated and then your shit's taken away from you, even if it was justified Mm -hmm. and completely justified, right? Because in the military, it's like, um, you know, you shoot somebody and it's like, everyone's fucking high-fiving you. <laughs> like, you almost were supported, like, and it makes it easier for you to cope with those things, you know. Um, but, shit, awards. I was, was I, I wasn't putting for like a, a Bronze Star of Valor because of shooting a, uh, uh, it was like the equivalent of like a battalion commander. We were doing like a, 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 a bait, right? So we had, a, we were out overnight and then a, we had a squad come walking up, like a click out, right? So they're watching them and they didn't know we were like basically where they were setting up this ambush. So it was basically just like, like, I don't know. It was easier than it should have been you know, until they find out we were there. And then like, it was just a load of RPGs coming in and out of our position. <laughs> but, but anyway, that was rewarded. Like, Hey, we're putting for Bronze Star V for killing somebody. Right. Like that's mob mentality at the highest level, like on the officer's level, they're like high fiving you. And it's like, cool. But then that tribal mentality, you have it in the police force. But the fact that that happens to someone when they're in a shooting, I think is detrimental to that person's health. Like, Hey, you just did something that you didn't want to have to do, but you did it. And now we're going to isolate you and take your shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, uh, I don't know. That's bad. Dude. Well, especially nowadays with the climate, with police officers and stuff. Even worse. I'm sure that they're being putting it under a microscope even more because there has been unjust killings of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And completely agree. So I imagine the good police that are out there, which we've talked about at nauseum about there's good cops out there. We know them personally, but they're going to be put under that same microscope and it's going to fuck with them because they, they know that they were doing a good job, you know, and this is just speaking from the outsiders too. I'm not a cop. I don't really know how it all works, but I would imagine they're under. Under the microscope, big yeah. time, right and then, now. And movies don't help when movies portray it on one side or the other. Like movies portrayed as like we're badass motherfuckers, we're killing everybody. You know, like they're all action cops or they're bad cops. You know, like we're watching like Meet the Fockers last night. That scene where the cop pulls over and tases everybody. Yeah, <laughs> like that's like the worst mental cop you want to have contact with. <laughs> you know, what I mean? have you ever seen the, the TV show <laughs> Chicago PD? Yeah, yeah. So I used to watch that like back when it first started, and. It was all about these, like, hard-ass cops that, like, one of the guys, he's, like, the head dude of the police department, like, beats the shit out of the suspects and all this stuff. And that show is still on. That's, like, one of the only police shows that's still cool, I guess, because I know they canceled a bunch of other ones. But I, I'm, I don't watch it anymore, but I'm guessing they changed the narrative of how those cops act, because I remember when I used to watch it, and this, I don't remember when it came out years ago, mm-hmm. but they were, like, a bunch of hard-asses who were out there slamming people on the ground. and Yeah. No, one of the coolest comic shows I ever watched was that, uh, what, I'm sorry, I don't care, South, um, Southland Tales? Is that what it was called? I don't know. It had the kid from the OC in it. I can't remember now. I'm an idiot. But it's a good show. Hmm. Sorry. Hey, I'm talking about comic shows. I'm su- Have you ever watched Dexter? I just, still haven't seen that show. I just, I just got into it. Kevin had told me before it was good, and I've had people forever tell me it was good. It's what came out in 2006. So I'm a little behind the ball, yeah. but they just put it on Netflix here recently. I think I started watching it. It's a really good show. 
Dude, because everyone wants to be that guy. <clears throat> you want to be the guy who can pull up vigilante justice and kill people to get through the cracks. Well, it's, it's weird because the guy, the character, is a complete sociopath. He's a serial killer. But you're rooting for him the whole time because he's only killing bad people. And it's it's so good. Yeah, I've, I've been telling a bunch of people about it. They yeah. need to watch it, even though it's like tw- almost twenty years old. <laughs> Dude, it's so it's so good, man. I, it is. I just yeah, I want to be that guy. Sometimes <laughs> you see someone who's just a shitty. I mean, like someone who's like like an asshole. Like a lot of people are not always in the best mood, right? Mm-hmm. Like we talked about earlier. I mean, someone who's the, the person who habitually takes from other people. You know, spiritually, physically, they're always taking shit. You know, they come first. And they will fucking kill your babies to get ahead, do whatever they want to do. That person needs to fucking die mm-hmm. because you can't change that person. Yeah. They're wired in a way that's unfixable. You know, fucking kill them. Put them in, you put them in a prison system, I guess, and just that's just more taxpayer dollars. You're feeding that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. He's not being productive in prison. What's he doing? Is he building me fucking houses? Is he building a railroad? Like, no. Get rid of him, dude. The prison system is probably going to fail him. Yeah. It, the, the prison system, honestly, should be... A way to, if you're serving your sentence, you're serving your time, you should also be being productive. That way when you come out, I think you should come out of prison on the same playing field as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Not, oh, sorry, we're not going to hire you because you're a felon. It's like, well, maybe if during their time we could say they're rehabilitated because we actually did something for people who made mistakes, mm-hmm. then they can all be in the low playing field. That person can still go to college and can still be successful in any business. Well, I, I know people who've been in jail, prison, who... Turn their shit around when yeah. they got done. I mean, I'm a prime example. I haven't spent a bunch of time, but I've been to jail. And I was young. I got in some trouble when I was 18. But I learned I don't want to live that life. I'm going to turn my shit around and get my shit together and quit hanging out with idiots. And <clears throat> I got my shit together. But then there's some people who I was hanging out with back when I was a kid who did stupid shit who, from what I hear, still... They still do. They don't change. Those are the people I'm talking about. I would love... To just set up like a fucking kill squad and just go around <laughs> Boise and start clearing shit out. People like them. Those two guys are exactly who they are. Yeah, people like those guys. Get rid of them. They're just making shit dirty for the rest of us. Um, and so you always need people who are ready to go to conduct violence on the better behalf of everybody else. Because it makes you feel safer. And, you know, I'm all about that. You know, I'm not a person. I'm going to school. I'm not a person who's conducting violence all the time. But I'm all about that. Clearing the streets up, you know... Whether it's vigilante justice or it's promoted by the government, whatever. But fuck it, let's let's be superheroes. Yeah, you got some sweet ass <laughs> caves and some late spandex. We let's already just, we already have our little cave here. Yeah, let's just jump into a pool of you know nuclear slag and just see what happens. Let's just roll the dice. <laughs> just play Yahtzee and Dude, see what happens. Somebody find me a radioactive spider. <laughs> radioactive spiders. <laughs> so how, uh, this is totally off. What we were just talking about? How long have you been playing guitar? Sixteen years. 16 years? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. About 16 years. That's, I, I always, that's something I always respect because I've always tried to play guitar. Like, that's my guitar hanging on the wall. I suck so bad. It's just never something I could catch on to. And it's also, I never put the time into it is a big thing. But, like, I know, like, all the coolest little, like, licks and intros of songs everybody knows. That's it. That's as far as I go with guitar. So, I think it's always cool when someone can actually play. Yeah. That's yeah, fun. Yeah, you, you fun. play you play six and seven string, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Well, I like that tone on that you can get on seven string. Especially you, you and I play, play together, and we're doing like, uh, you know, some like syncopated riffs with the drums. They're just like it's almost in a Chunky. sense it's like it's almost like heavy 
rap sometimes. The way it you the beats go along with it. And it's just almost intuitive that you'd play that that way. You know, when you're on the seventh string sometimes it's and we're not talking about Gent here, by the way. He's he's much better than just playing on the top chord like an idiot. <laughs> Um, like using a seven string for what it's meant, utilized for is, was what John does. I'm saying if that thing was tuned, I'd just say play something for us real quick, but it's, yeah. I know it's so out of tune, but yeah, no, that, was, that was my very first guitar. I got it for Christmas when I was like 13 or 14. That's awesome. You still have your first guitar. Oh, that's why I have it. Cause it's kind of got some memories it's got to sentimental it. Value, yeah. It was off of a, like some infomercial. I don't know if you guys remember those infomercials, but it was Esteban. He was like this Spanish guitar player and he had these, he sold his own guitars. And my parents ordered it from the infomercial awesome. for Christmas. That's cool. And I mean, it, it sounds all right. It's nothing special, but I mean, <laughs> it's my first one. I've had a couple <clears throat> couple between that one and now that I got rid of or whatever, but I, I can't ever get rid of that one. <laughs> Don't do it. <clears throat> a lot of trap. A while yeah. back, me and John were like, looking around like Craigslist like for a bassist a while back. Mm-hmm. Dude, and <laughs> that's, I, that's where you want to find people. Dude, I still, I still, <laughs> have, a screen, I still have a screenshot on my phone of this. It was in Caldwell. <laughs> Some guy was like... Hey man, like I want to start a gent mumble rap mumble rap group. <laughs> He's like, what do you say? Like, no kids, no jobs, four twenty, like something like that. Yeah, like yeah, you better not have kids. I don't want that shit around. You better not have a fucking job. Craigslist is the Walmart of the internet. Like, I want to meet this fucking guy. One time, me and Kevin were checking Christian Mingle for bandmates. <laughs> I always go to uh, Farmers Only. <laughs> Get me it's a pretty blue, good on the banjo. It's good times. No, I, I didn't even know Craigslist was still a thing. Yeah. Like, and when I was helping you post your drum set for sale, I was like, "Is Craigslist still a thing?" So I went up and yeah, it, it is. I posted it on there. But I haven't heard anything because I don't think anybody uses Craigslist anymore. No, people on Craigslist probably can't afford my <clears throat> drum set. Probably. Um, yeah, I want to get back down to just the one drum set, the acoustic. The digital drum set, the Roland, is nice, mm-hmm. but I can't justify a $5,000 drum set at this point in time that is has so many settings. You can do whatever you want with any sound on that drum set, but you still can't do on that what you can in an acoustic set with the tempo. Like when you're playing at a certain tempo, the amount of oomph, I guess, or staccato you're putting on the the snare, the hi hat can change with emotion and feeling, and it's always just it. You can adjust the sensitivity, but you're still kind of getting the same digital sound mm-hmm. at a certain level. You can't get the same, you know, that ambiance. I guess you can get with acoustic, which is still fun to play though, because it's still fun to play at like eight o'clock at night, and like yeah. electric. But yeah, the acoustic story to go, especially if you have a good kit, you have great cymbals, you know. Well, if any drummers out there listening, you want to buy a nice electric drum set, hit us up. Brand new. <laughs> so, what, what kind of music do you play? <clears throat> hmm. Christian mumble rap. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> the best kind. Uh, I guess it's metal. I've experienced a ton of changes in my style over the years. So it started off, you know, when I was seven, let's see, sixteen years old. Or 16 years. So I would have been 17 when I started playing. So I into some pretty heavy me- uh, metal, like he- not heavy metal, but heavier metal bands, mm-hmm. faster metal bands. I was just a teenager, super pissed off, had acne, all that shit. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the foundation, I suppose, with a little bit of, I guess, uh, ambient rock mixed in there. And over time, I've learned blues, jazz, classical. So it's, I guess it's metal with 
like a metal foundation with more abstract. I don't even know where I'm at anymore musically. I really don't. It's just music. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 in a metal context for sure. I mean, there's double kick with the drums, uh, you know, down tune guitars, all that stuff, distortion, but it's something. Yeah, I'm not I, really sure where I'm at anymore. I like the what we were doing kind of towards last time we were jamming out was like having that push and pull, the yin and yang between the ethereal ambience with heavy grooves mm-hmm. versus just being one thing all the way through. Because yes. it's like it's like when you go to like a live like theater show, like you have it go, you have the cascade of emotions, right? It's a drama, yeah. And we never really did the same thing twice. It wasn't something that was repeated. It's not, you know, like even I realized since I started playing to other tracks, like I said, just playing drums. I was playing to like songs. Even something that seemed complex on the drums was still just repeated. And I was like, oh, once you get that down, it's actually easy patterns. And it was actually intuitive. Versus some drummers, like you have like J-Post ones, uh, like... Uh, the te- drummer. Tesseract drummer? Yeah, yeah. Tesseract drummer. Matt, uh, Matt Halpern from, from Periphery. Periphery. Yeah. You have uh, like Mudvayne's uh, LD50 album, oh, Matt McDonnell. The yeah. drums on that album are some of the Hard. best drums composed. It's just some of the one of the best albums ever made. Yeah. The time signatures are so fucking weird. Yeah. Like drums were <laughs> there... It's like asymmetrical warfare on music, dude, because it's not just linear, repeatable lines. It's it's ridiculous. Um, Thinking man's music. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of where we were going, too, intuitively, and it felt good. Yeah, I, was, I wish we could show Jake some of our stuff. Yeah. We got to get some recordings. But So before I started working with Kevin, mm-hmm. before we started jamming, um, the last album I did had a Egyptian or like Middle Eastern theme to it. Okay. I've got this, let's see, Native Instruments Complete 12, I think it was, 12 or 11, that has hundreds of world instruments. So you get stuff from India, you get stuff from Middle East, you get stuff from Asia. All those, th- some of those instruments sound unbelievably cool in a, in a metal, when you mix them with like mm-hmm. heavy, like rock yes. context and stuff like that. And that is a completely unexplored realm in music. Mm-hmm. That's... That's, I think it's cool to so, introduce different shit. That's why when you ask me what do I play, it's just kind of whatever the album or the mood dictates. Yeah, it's what really good. Like, there's no concrete like pattern or template yeah. nowadays, and that's cool. It's this amorphous thing that always changes. Mm-hmm. What I'd like to do is eventually morph things into like a space rock, like super ambient. Like I'm thinking like a deep space kind of vibe where you just get lost in it, but mm-hmm. it's still kind of heavy. Yeah. Emotional. That's what I'm aiming towards. <clears throat> That's the direction I have. Well, I think like what you just said about how music is <clears throat> like, you can't, it's hard to pin it down pretty much. There's a lot of artists out right now that that's what they're doing. It's just good. It's amazing. It's, it's incredible what people are doing it's, out there. And I'm, I'm not a musician, but I'm a big, big fan of music. I just, I, I love the talent of it. And if it's a good, whether it's a good songwriter or a good guitar player, good lyricist, stuff like that, I, I absolutely love it. And there's there's a few artists out there right now that really cool. I've talked about him before on this podcast, Sturgill Simpson. I don't know if you know who he is, but this dude, he's he's it's weird. I mean, because first album was like really country, country as can be. Second one he called psychedelic country, 
the third one he called, I don't even know what he called, it had horns and everything, trumpets and all that oh, stuff. Sweet. Trumpets and horns in the Brass? Yeah. Brass is really fun. Oh, yeah. it, and it's, it's just it's funny because yeah. people, they classify him as a country artist because he's from, I think he's from like Kentucky or something like that. But that... That album, there was nothing. He doesn't, he doesn't about get it. wrapped up in labels. No, no, and he's, and he's also not on the radio. And uh, he's gained like this cult following over the years, really big online following. Anyways, his most recent album he called a rock album, and it had like a bunch of synthesizers and almost like sounded like eighties new wave mixed. With, That's freaking bad. It's hard to explain. Yeah. He's he's That's one of my awesome. favorite favorite artists. I I love that dude, but. Uh, and then his most recent album he just dropped during all this, he did a bluegrass album. And bluegrass is fucking sick. He went yeah. back to his catalog of music and redid them all in bluegrass. And <laughs> just because he can? Yeah, and he Damn. released it, what, I think it was three weeks ago, and it hit number one on all the all the streaming platforms. And I guess he was on Colbert last night oh, per- really? performing. I'm going to have to check it out. I haven't looked yeah. at it yet. But yeah. Damn. And then he recently, <clears throat> he's been getting a bunch of flack online because... I think he posted something about how he was something with politics and he was more liberal Democrat and, and he's a quote unquote country singer. So all these hillbillies that probably like him yeah. does not compute. Oh man. Yeah. They were, they were pissed. And also Stephen Colbert, who's a super liberal TV host. He's going on that show last night and he posted yesterday online. I'll be on Colbert tonight with my buddy, Steven. It's like, he's trolling his fans. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's like why does someone have to fit the whole complete? No, it's, yeah, like it's stupid. Yeah, it's it's no, stupid. It's unreal. It's unbelievable. And, yeah, he's I don't know. He's kind of been classified as a country artist, but he's he's only his checkout. I always I'm a big proponent of him. I always try Sturgill to tell people. Simpson, you yeah, say? okay. Yeah, he's all that to the queue. He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, art is pretty much the universal language. I think that's what's so fascinating about it, and music in particular. I feel like that's a lot easier to enjoy than other forms of art because you can you can listen to it online you know you can't you can see a picture of a painting online but you probably have to actually physically be at a painting to appreciate a more sculpture mm-hmm. something like that you know so music and writing those forms of art amazing mm-hmm. well that's like I was saying when you see the music live it's just so much different it you, you, cool. you feel it yeah I played a bunch of shows back in the day with my solo project, and I really, really miss that. Do you sing, too? Uh, sort of. <laughs> the first album I recorded, I did vocals on, and that one got a lot of praise. And I've been instrumental ever since. Okay. I want to get back into doing vocals. I think yeah. it's really fun. It's a good psychological release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully just- I don't vomit just a bunch of stupid words and stuff I'd like it to be somewhat poetic but <laughs> you, you write your own music and everything yeah, yeah. yeah. no it's singing cool. you're right because not everyone has to be vulnerable enough to sing but just even just yelling yeah you know if you're working out and you just want to like start dropping elbows on a fucking bag like <sighs> just yell dude Walmart. it's it's nice <laughs> you're Walmart. From Walmart yeah this episode is brought to you by Walmart <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah. It's a one-stop shop, dude. It is. <laughs> get your tires rotated and shit. And go, go get your fucking, your shitty meat. Get your shit meat. Get your shitty meat and your gluten. Get your gluten here. And they're still going to be out of fucking toilet paper. I'm walking that's, here. That's why the only only stores through this whole thing, like anytime I have gone there, they're still out of everything. Really? Yeah, toilet paper and everything. 
been decimated. You can go to Rite Aid, but you gotta pay fucking high dollars for that and, shit. Uh, unfortunately, that's Ooh. the closest store to both of our houses. Yep. Rite Aid is high dollar. I go to, sometimes go there and get a kid a toy. Mm-hmm. It's a basic, cheap piece of shit Chinese toy, and it's like 16 bucks. I'm like, <laughs> fuck Jeez. this. This will break. Dude, the toys in the 90s were legit. Yeah, I still were. have a lot of them, and they're better than the toys that are my kids have now. Almost everything in the 90s was fucking yeah. legit. That's true. <laughs> I'm basing the fact on us not being the best country on that shit. We can't get quality toys, bro. Yeah. Our shit sucks. Yeah, it does. It's like we're living in, like, post-Soviet Union Russia. Like, mm-hmm. everything just is... I wish I still had, because I had, I had held on to a bunch of my toys from when I was a kid forever, and I think I ended up giving them to my nephews when they were little. I wish I would have kept them so my kids had them. Like, I had a bunch of my WWF wrestling, because yeah. I was so into that as a kid. And I had, like, I don't know if you guys remember, but they were, like, I think they were called, like, WWF buddies. But they were, like, mm-hmm. a pillow, but they were shaped like a little yeah. person. And you could, like, wrestle with them. And I had this little Hulk Hogan one. And I don't know whatever happened to that. Thing. Didn't you send that to me the other day, too, on Instagram? I don't, I don't remember. Or I saw, never, never, I just watched on Instagram. There's this page called, like, 80s and 90s... Uh, Stuff mm-hmm. eighty ninety something, and they just show commercials of toys. Maybe oh, yeah, I've seen a few of those. Pages. And one of them was a kid wrestling with those. <clears throat> yeah, That's awesome. Well, there's that TV show called The Goldbergs. Okay, my oldest son's really into it. And it is really funny, but it's based back in the eighties and nineties. I think I think it's eighties, and they did an episode uh, where the kids were trying to like show the dad their toys and they had that little wrestling buddy and all these like toys that I had when I was a kid. <laughs> it's I, I'm kind of a sucker for nostalgia. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. seriously. Yeah. That's Dude. a lot of good stuff that I remember, just blitz over, you know, yeah. because can't stop progression. Mm-hmm. No. Just, I remember how exciting it was going to the toys wrestling you were young because there's so many cool toys mm-hmm. and now there's not one and toy stores aren't the same. But then again, it's kind of nice. The toy stores are in smaller more small business owned stuff you know like it was a toy town on Eagle Road yeah yeah. And Legos are still cool Legos are still yeah. cool they're expensive as fuck but yeah do you guys hear that buzzing yeah okay I'm gonna have to try and edit that out at the end I'm bugging the shit out of me that's just the new world order outside it is <laughs> they heard us talking Probably about becoming vigilantes talking about Walmart <laughs> yeah trying to censor us that's one of our best cults that's <laughs> one of our best do you guys like instrumental music? Yes. Do you guys think like vocals are always important? And no, um, I got really big into it for a while, actually, um, to the point where it was actually when I started getting into it, it was when I owned my gym. Next thing you know, my, I had my people listening to it when I'm working out because I liked it. But it like um, it was like Angel of All these kind of where I started with good yeah instrumental because it was good shit, and then kind of you you kind of expand from there. And a lot of it started because of just bands that you already liked that will have like an instrumental song every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And so, like, oh, that was really good. And yeah. all of a sudden, you put it on like Pandora, Apple, and then it starts playing more instrumentals. And you find some really good bands out there that. Yeah. Theoretically, the, the instruments should speak for themselves without the need for words. At least that's how I feel. Yeah. Some people, but. I think, get a little anxious about that when they're writing because without words, they're like, we have less room for space in between the instruments space that you would add vocals from an inflection or something. So it seems like they're more high tempo sometimes. Like we got to play faster because we got to fill an empty space, but it's really not needed. Mm-hmm. Some of the faster stuff you hear is actually less good. Keep the space between the instruments there, but you would have vocals with don't have vocals in it and it's still great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, instrumental is great. Well, like I was saying, just good music in general. I I can enjoy instrumental. Or like, there's some guitar players who I could just listen to them play guitar all day. And Angel Vivaldi, he plays Mesa. Yeah. Then there's some like, no matter you could hear three seconds of them, you know who the guitarist is. Like Steve Ray Vaughan's a good example. Toast Nabasi. Yeah, dude, guys. But yeah, have you heard Animals Leaders? Oh shit! Oh, check it. It's that's one thing. A whole different level. Other musician. Kevin's introduced me to a bunch of music that I didn't even know existed. And I, I love that. I love getting something new that I don't know about and I can listen to. And yeah, but it really is a beautiful time to be alive. There's just so much media out there for us to enjoy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's responsibly there's some yeah, really good musicians out there. Like I was just talking about another one. Do you know who Gary Clark Jr. is? I've heard the name. He's just, kind of a blues. I'd say it's blues rock mm-hmm. stuff. He's a lot of people compared him to Hendrix. They're saying like he's the new Hendrix because he's a black dude that plays guitar, but. He's one of those guys, when you hear him play, you know it's him. He has a certain style. He's, oh, he's really good. Speaking of that, Victor Wooten. You guys heard him? <laughs> Bass player. That dude... You guys have to hear Victor Wooten. He's a lead bass player. Oh, shit. The dude is the entire project he's in, and he plays bass. He's turned bass into a lead solo instrument. That oh. guy is the sickest goddamn bass player on the face of this fucking earth. <laughs> He was born in Mountain Home. He was a military oh, really? rat. Yeah. What? Yep. I have to check that you guys out, too. seriously have to check him out. I don't know of any other bass players at all. I haven't explored much, but I don't know any other bass players that are doing what he does on bass. Dude, that was, okay. like, fucking stupid. It reminds awesome. me of... was on the new Bill and Ted movie. <clears throat> They're like, yeah, you were, you were nuts because you, you went out on your own and tried to do your solo bass album. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was the devil or something. Yeah, it was, it was the devil. The devil was like their bass player. And like, yeah, you're going to do your like, solo bass album, and it failed. <laughs> Should have been Victor Wooten. Yeah. <laughs> God, that guy's a monster on bass. It's, 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 that guy warps my sense of reality watching him play. <laughs> In a good way. I got to get, I got to head out, though, guys. I got to. Is it about that time? Get to work, yeah. Well, we've done. We've done about an hour and a half. Dang. Yeah, goes by quick. Yeah, it it's does. With, with the headphones on, too. It's like you're in this. Your own little world here. Yeah. But, yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a good, yeah. good little Appreciate Veterans Day. And let's put, let's put our minds together and figure out the hike thing. That'd yes. be kind of cool. Indeed. Yeah, get so some suck going. Everybody listening to this, keep an eye open for that because we're going we're gonna to do something with that. So, yeah, all right, We're going to have 300-pound weights in our rugs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Better be in shape. This was supposed to be fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, we'll make it. We'll make it accessible for for most people. Yeah. So absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, John, it was good meeting you too. We yeah, just, nice meeting you as well. Just yeah. met for the first time. So yeah. All right. Well, see you guys later. Bye. Adios. Ding, 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 ding.